0: Today, we're in Luke chapter 2. As you've already heard uh, from Nathan and his family, we're looking at this passage, a very important passage to us because it helps us in the understanding of the purpose of the light. Our theme for Christmas is the light. Today, we talk about the purpose of the light. And in this busy season, oh, this is a busy season. There is, there is so much going on, right? There are so many things uh, happening around us. There are people everywhere, we went out for a little while yesterday, and I said for a little while because it's like, man, there are too many people out here. We went to our uh, place where we always go to on, it seems like we do, on Saturday, which is Hobby Lobby. I don't know if you guys uh, go with your uh, wife and daughter to Hobby Lobby. That's what I do uh, often these days. It's, just a, it's a place, I guess, that you just have to go, right? So yesterday, of course, the lines are long. There are people everywhere, and the new Hobby Lobby has also beside it TJ Maxx and Home Goods, and we have to visit. all those places while we're over there. I'm just trying to be a good husband, but there were so many people. Man, it's like they were everywhere, right? You you get back out, and there are people everywhere, and everybody's so busy, and they're doing stuff, and there are events happening, you know, like here at church, and uh, there's just so much going on in all of our lives, just continuously during this season. Well, you know, when you look back at this chapter that we're looking at in Luke chapter 2, you, you remember in this chapter that, G, that Joseph and Mary were going into Bethlehem, right? That's where Jesus was going to be born. And you'll remember that inside that, they were going there in order to take a census. That's what they had to do. And it was just, uh, just a busy, busy place. Matter of fact, that the end of verse 7, it says, there was no room for them in the end. You you remember that story. Why? Well, because they were so busy. It was a busy place, right? There were people everywhere. Uh, It was everybody going to Bethlehem. They were going there. uh, And you know, in, in an ancient city, It's got to be just kind of crazy because in, in that city, you know, in modern cities, you go to a city like New York and, you know, people are honking their horns and people are everywhere. It's just like noisy and loud. I'm thinking this first century city was like a city with like donkeys in the street. They were braying everywhere. People were riding the donkeys. Instead of horns blowing, you heard, heard all these donkeys. There were, there were goats everywhere. There were chickens running around. You just know there were, right? I mean, it, just, it was that way. They were just, there were people everywhere. They were bringing their little carts into town. They're, I mean, they had to be because the, the inn was full is what it tells us. And there were just people everywhere, so this innkeeper who was trying to make all the money that he could make because it was that season where he could make a lot of money, he probably had people laying on cots, sitting on chairs, wherever he could put them uh, because it was just a busy time it Our lives, though, are busy. We're we're not the only ones that have busy lives, right? It's that way everywhere. People are running around doing all kinds of things. And it was in the first century. It was the same way in the city of Bethlehem. They were very, very busy. Yet in the middle of that, we find this passage in the Bible where Jesus is going to be born in the sight of that busyness. There was so much activity happening that it tells us that there was no room, and so they had to go out into a manger, into a barn, into a stable, whatever that looked like. Could have been a cave in the side of a hill. It could have been a wooden structure. We don't really know the truth or the answer to those. Some would say it might be an, have been a cave, or it could have been just a, a, a wooden structure that they had out back, somewhere where they were in a stable, in a barn, where Jesus was going to be born inside the businessness of life. Now oftentimes we think about that passage and I wonder how often we think in terms of the busyness overcrowding what's going to happen in Jesus being born, which we find in this passage. There was no big announcement to the city. Um, The mayor of the town didn't show up with a key to the city. There weren't county commissioners or city commissioners around to welcome them, they were all busy doing other stuff. Were there important people in that city of Bethlehem? Yes, they were. But they did not notice Christ being born. They weren't really even told about it at the moment. This passage tells us who was told and how he was revealed to these shepherds. So if you have your Bible, maybe an iPhone, iPad, whatever you're using, you might also be on the app for our church, where you can also find the notes there for this message. He tells us in verse 8 that there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flock at night. So in the middle of this busyness, in the middle of this hurried place, in the middle of all that was going on, the Bible says to us that there were shepherds. He points this out in verse 8. We're going to just stop here for a moment and look at this passage. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Shepherds, by the way, were not people that were really accepted in society. They were right on the border of being social outcasts. They were right on the border of being those people who were not liked too well. They were the kind of people who were probably smelly. They didn't take a bath often because they really didn't have a place to do that. They were usually out in the field with their sheep, just like that it tells us here. So if you're around animals all the time, you take on that odor, and more than likely, they did. That's who they were. Most of the shepherds that we find out as we understand them were were men who didn't have a lot of money. Most of them, uh, if not all of them, were single adults. They had come to this place for whatever reason. Maybe they, they were outcasts. They didn't like society. Uh, they didn't want to be a part of that because not only were they outcasts, but most of them that we find out were people who liked to be alone. They were loners, and they had taken to the place where they could be away from the city. Some of them actually were criminals. They had done some things, not enough to be put to death or not enough to go to some kind of to jail system, but really they had done something wrong, and, and they saw themselves as outcasts. And so they were away from just the normal things of life. They also, the shepherds, as he tells us here, they were shepherds out there in the field. They're not very religious people, okay? They really weren't able to go to the temple. Uh, again, they, when you go to the temple, you have to be clean. You have to have cleansing that goes on. There has to be those things that happen in your life to, to be able to clean, to be clean to go to the temple. And, and they were not. So they weren't not the most religious of the people. Now, they may have had a working knowledge of Judaism. They may have grown up a little bit hearing about the things of the Old Testament. Most Jewish families did. Most Jewish kids would have heard something and known something. So they weren't completely ignorant to the Old Testament, or as we would find about maybe even the Messiah, they would have some understanding of that. Yeah, they weren't going into the temple. They weren't worshiping every week. They weren't allowed to, to do that. They were, again, kind of the outcasts. They were, they were the guys who... You know, if they walked into our church, we might think, yeah, what are they doing here? Kind of people, you know, or like, oh, they, don't really, they don't really fit into this. That, they would have easily been seen in that way. Yet, this verse tells us that here these shippers were out in the field. And as we look through this passage and we talk about the revelation of the light, we see in this verse that as they were watching over their flock at night, an angel, an angel, one angel appears to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. They were extremely afraid. And then then this angel reveals the light to them. The angel says in this passage, the light is revealing great joy for all people. In verse 10, the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This revelation of the light, the purpose of the light was to reveal great joy to all the people. And it started with this unusual group out in the field, watching over their flock, not religious, not well-accepted, Not well educated, yet that's who God chose to reveal. Jesus to first. Now we see this passage and we would say, well, in this verse 10, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. So the great joy really is the focus here. The great joy of, of the understanding that they were going to have this incredible joy into their lives. They were going to, they were going to have a new joy that was going to come. They, it, this was a new thing that was going to happen. So we begin to say, well, what is it about this revelation of the new joy that they're going to understand? What, is going to cause this joy in their life. And he gives us that. He says the cause of this joy is the understanding of good news. Good news is proclamation. Good news is is the gospel for us, but good news would be any kind of declaration of what is going to happen that's going to be good. And here he's using that from that sense. We recognize it as being the gospel. We recognize it as good news about Jesus. We'll get to that in the next verse. But but it's a proclamation that they're going to hear of this good news that's going to cause them to have great exceedingly abundant joy man we love that thought right we love getting good news. We love to be able to say, I got good news about this health issue, or I got this good news about my marriage, or I got this good news about my finances. We love getting good news because it brings to us joy inside our life. Now, the joy that he's talking about is the depth of joy, because he's going to connect that to peace later on in this passage. It's not just the fact that happenstances are good and I'm happy I'm happy because all the things are good in my life, but it's a deep joy. And that's what he's talking about here. He is saying this great joy is going to go deep into your life is what the angel is speaking to these shepherds, these outcasts, these non-religious guys that are out here in the field. But the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that's going to cause great joy. So the cause of the joy is the good news. Now, Who is it for? He tells us who is it for. Who is it going to be for? Is it going to be just for these shepherds who are out here in the field? No, that's not what he tells us. He tells us in verse 10, this great news that will be for all the people. And that's a great word for us, right? Now, for them, these guys, these shepherds, Why would they be hearing this great news that you would think would be reserved for the religious people who are over in Bethlehem or six or seven miles away, eight miles away, whatever it might be from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, not far. You would think that these guys would would be uh, understanding that all of a sudden they're hearing about this good news that's going to be for all people. Well, why does it start with these shepherds? Well, we've talked about that a little. They were, they were the outcasts. They were the ones who, who were needing so very much, and, and if it's going to be for them, if it's going to be for the lowest group, then, then it can be for all people. Now now, I don't believe the angel was just talking about economics or it's where they were in society, but the angel already has given us a prophetic view of the understanding that Jesus is going to be for all the nations. That we're going to go into all the nations preaching and teaching. We're going to go to that Revelations passage where it says at the throne that there there will be those from every tongue, every language, every people group will be gathered at the throne. Why? Because this good news, this great joy is going to not be just for a few, but it's going to be for all the people. Now you can imagine what these shepherds, well, it's hard to imagine what these shepherds were thinking. It's hard to even fathom what was going on in their mind as they, as they were afraid of what this angel was saying to them because this angel was saying it's causing great joy in your life. It's going to be for every person. So how do you respond when this light is revealed about great joy? Well, he tells them how we are to respond. He says in this verse 10, do not be afraid. Now, that's tough for us because most of us in this room are followers of Christ. Most of us in this room would say that we are believers, we are Christians. And so because of that, this great joy, he would say, well, if that great joy is going to be in your life, it should lead us to be the kind of people who are not afraid of the things that are going on around us. Sometimes we get so afraid. We watch the news. We see it on the internet. It pops up on our phone. It comes on our watch. Whatever it might do, it it it, all of a sudden we see it and we become fearful. Yet at the very outset, the angel was saying to these shepherds, don't be afraid because this great joy that you have, the one thing that it should do, is cause you not to fear. And I fear, I'm afraid sometimes, I use that word that way, I'm afraid that Christians, us, we get so concerned about the things around us and all the problems that we go through. And they are real. The the health problems, the financial problems, the marital problems, the issues that we go through, they, they are real issues. Yet in the middle of that, an understanding that we can have joy in our life And that joy should lead us not to be afraid of what's going to happen. Well, let's look at the second thing today. And that second thing is the purpose of the light is to reveal who he is, right? If we understand in this passage that the angel said, do not be afraid, I'm bringing you great joy. Because today, in verse 11, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. There are three names or three things he says about this great joy and who's bringing this great joy. First of all, in the the city of David, in Bethlehem, there is the one who is going to be a savior. How did these shepherds understand what a savior is? Now, for us, we have the New Testament, right? And we can see what redemption is. We can understand that Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins we recognize that he loved us so much that he, he was willing to give of his life to be our sacrifice, that he rose from the dead in order to conquer sin and death. We, we recognize that. These shepherds, not so much. What does he mean when he says that he is going to be the savior? Well, most likely what he is defining that is he is going to be their deliverer. That would be a word connected to Joshua in the Old Testament, which they probably understand as one who was going to deliver them. He was going to deliver them from their hurt it, their heartaches, their hurts, their problems. He was going to be the great deliverer. For us, we also recognize that he is the great deliverer from our sin, our life of sin. He is the great deliverer who gives us eternal life. He is the one who delivers us. By his righteousness not our righteousness into the kingdom of God, into eternity. So he, we recognize that. For them, it was like the Savior is going to be our deliverer. He is the one who's going to, to deliver us from all the struggles that we're going through in life. The second word that he uses in this passage, he is going to be the Christ or the Messiah. Those words are interchangeable in the text. They are uh, interpreted both directions. It has a complete connection to the Old Testament understanding of Messiah, the one who was going to come, the one who was going to bring in the new kingdom of God. Now these shepherds, though they may have been uneducated, they may have been away from uh, a lot of school themselves, they would have understood the Jewish concept of the Messiah. They would have recognized this word. They would hear this angel say, he is going to be the Messiah, the Christ, is born to you. And for them, that was bringing in the kingdom. It was, it was an understanding that they were going to now bring in, bring in a new kingdom. It was going to be this new kingdom of Israel, this new kingdom of the Jewish state, this new kingdom that was going to happen. Now, the shepherds, again, didn't understand, as we do, that this Christ, this Messiah, was not going to ride into Jerusalem on a white horse as king. He was going to be born in a major. But he was going to bring in a new kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, one that we get to be a part of one that he was going to have to suffer as a suffering Savior, as a suffering Christ, as a suffering Messiah, as we would find from Old Testament prophecy, which they were struggling to understand. In their political world, they were so hoping for this new kingdom that was going to be before them. They were missing out on the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom, that was going to be at hand. I wonder how often believers Christians miss out on the spiritual kingdom because we think so much of our government and where we are and the land in which we live, which are all great things. But sometimes we miss the fact that our focus is on a spiritual kingdom, on what Christ has done for us, not only now to give us abundant life, but to give us the focus on eternity and the focus on heaven. And oftentimes we get so caught up on the worldly things that we miss. And these these shepherds were probably no different than that. They were engaged in the world in which they were living. And when the angel said that there's this Messiah coming, they were thinking the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus proclaims, he is the kingdom of God who is at hand. We find that as he begins his ministry. And then the third word they use here, not only David, not only the city of David, a savior who is the deliverer, the Christ who is the Messiah, who is the one who is setting up a spiritual kingdom, but he also uses the word the Lord. The Lord here is an Old Testament term, always had been used of the Old Testament God, God of the Old Testament, God who was the creator. See, Jesus didn't become Lord at his birth, right? Jesus was Lord. Jesus stepped out of heaven. He he was Lord in heaven. He stepped out of that. There's a story of a a missionary child who was in a boarding school, which, which is normal, A lot of missionary children go to boarding school, and it was this one story about this young boy who was at boarding school, and he was going to be there over the Christmas season, and his principal leader said, "Uh, what do you want for Christmas? They discovered this little boy was having a hard time. He was sad, a little depressed. What do you want for Christmas? And his answer was he pulled out a picture of his family, and he said, I want my mom and dad to step out of this picture and to be here with me. That's a great illustration of what Jesus has done for us. He has stepped out of the fact that he was Lord in heaven. He had everything. He was creator of all things. He had all things, but he stepped out of that to become the incarnate Lord, the one to which, even in the Old Testament, was recognized as being creator over all things to come as a baby to the Lord to which we surrender our life, because it's also a word that's akin to the word king. And in the middle of that, we are always surrendering, we are always bowing low, we are always giving ourselves to the king. And here in this one verse, the angel proclaims Jesus, proclaims the one who is bringing good news. Great joy to your life. He proclaims him as Savior, our Deliverer. He proclaims him as the Messiah, the one to bring a spiritual kingdom. He proclaims him as Lord, and that calls us to a place of surrender. It says to us at some point, we have to surrender to who the Lord is. It's not about who I am. It's not about what I have. It's not about what I give. It's not about what I do. It's about the understanding that my focus as a follower of Christ is focused on him as the one who is my savior, the one who is my Messiah, the one who's given me a spiritual kingdom and the one that I surrender my life to. Third, he tells us, the purpose of this light is to reveal not only great joy, not only reveal who he is, but he is also revealing to us the Father. He tells us the glory of the Father. We find that in verse 13. Suddenly, a company, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. See, all of a sudden, it shifts to this father figure glory to God in the highest glory to the father who has sent his son that's where the glory is going to go so Jesus is going to reveal the glory of the father in the old testament we find the father as being the one who was the creator Uh, we saw God as being the one who's the creator in the new testament we see God as the father with great compassion for us a father who loved us so much that he gave His son that whoever believes in him would not die but have everlasting life. Jesus says in the Bible that when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. In Hebrews chapter 3, he talks about the very fact that Jesus is the image of the Father. The understanding that what Jesus is going to do is going to glorify the Father and what the Father is doing. For lack of time, let's go into the fourth, fourth part of this, which is the purpose of the light is to reveal His peace for your life. Look at the latter part of verse 14. It says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests, on earth peace and goodwill, on earth peace to those who is pleased. Now, it's an interesting phrase that he uses here, this understanding of peace and what it is, because all of a sudden, if you look at this passage, you recognize that we have gone from this great joy, right, that the angel has talked about, this great joy that's caused by this good news, this great joy that's going to be to all people, This great joy that comes about from Jesus as our Savior, Jesus as our Messiah, Jesus as our Lord, and in the middle of that, a focus on a compassionate Father, a Father who loves you and me so much that he has given Christ. But for this understanding also, he reveals to these shepherds, he reveals to these men who are out in the field, that they can have peace in their lives, peace on earth to men, to us. What does peace mean? Well, it means a calmness, a trust, an understanding that there's peace in our lives. Why is it that so many people around us do not have peace in their lives? How is it that so many believers, Christians, who go to church week by week struggle with having that understanding of peace? Well, there are probably lots of reasons to that. One of the reasons that I bring you back to is that understanding that we started with, that understanding of busyness, right? And and going back with me to verse 8, where these shepherds are, he tells us in verse 8, then there were shepherds living out in the fields. They weren't caught up with the busyness of life. They weren't caught up with the busyness of Christmas season, like so many of us are. And I wonder, I just wonder how much the busyness of our lives stops us from finding the peace that God wants for us. How we get so involved with all the things that are going on, whether it's our our work world or our family world or crises that come up, which always seem to come up. Uh, There's just one crisis out of the for so, so many of us, if not all of us. And I wonder if that busyness and all the things that happen really do stop us from understanding this great peace that the Father has for this great understanding that he is in control, that he recognizes what's going on in my life, even though when I feel like my life is out of control. Because it sure seems that way from this passage. All, all the activity that was going on in this little town of Bethlehem, while at the same time out in the field, living out in the field, seeing the stars at night, seeing everything going around them, just, just recognizing there's the stillness of the evening that the angels break into that stillness. I wonder if the fact that the shepherds were men who were listening, they didn't have anything else to listen to. Their lives weren't cluttered with stuff. Do you ever feel that way? Man, I do. I feel that way often that my life is just so cluttered with things. So I have to set aside time to be still and listen to the Lord. What's the psalmist tells us, right? Be still, he says, and know that I'm God. God tells us there, there are times where we have to still ourselves. We have to, to be still before him in, in order to understand the peace that he has in our life. We're so busy. We're trying to accomplish so much. We're trying to be successful. Yet in the middle of that, we don't have peace in our lives. There's also this idea of being intentional. These these guys were living out in the field, right? They weren't just out there for a period of time. That is where they were dwelling. That's where they had taken up their place. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all move out to the country and live in the field. I'm not suggesting that in any way at all. But I am suggesting that maybe there there's moments in our lives where we have to be intentional. We have to step aside from our normal routines of life. And we have to say, Lord, let us listen to you. Let us hear what you have to say to us. Let us hear how we might go deeper with you. We might go stronger with you. In the middle of crisis, in the middle of problems, in the middle of heartache, in the middle of disease, and all the things that are going on around us, how can I find the peace that you want to give? Your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, I believe they're all searching for the peace that the Bible is teaching us about. And I believe that believers have that peace that we can share with so many people around us, right? but it comes when we have that peace in our own lives. When we recognize that we have stopped for a moment, we have become quiet to listen to the Lord, we have set aside some time to do that, we've been intentional to hear what he has to say to us, and we're now listening to the voice of the Father. We're now listening to what God wants to say to us. Maybe it's simply by reading his word. And over these period of times, when you go to a place, like we saw uh, an example from, from a family before us, how they gather the children and read God's word. Maybe that needs to be an example in your life. Whatever it is to get us to the place, no, we say that differently. Whatever it is to get you to a place, you personally, where you're desiring God more than you ever have, where you're looking for the Spirit to God in your life. And it's just not about stuff, and it's not about just Christmas. Oh, there's wonderful things. But it's somewhere, as followers of Christ, we take the time to be still, to listen, to stop the busyness, to stop the noise that is around us, to be able to say, Lord, I come to you as my Lord and I'm surrendering my life. I come to you as my Christ, my Messiah that has given me a spiritual kingdom. I've come to you as a Savior who've done more than just delivered me but have forgiven me of my sins and have cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And our response as the shepherds to the angel, I don't have to be afraid. I walk out and I face the trouble that's before me. I face it with a great confidence in a great God who loves me so much, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, that I might have life life abundantly, life eternally. And in the midst of that, I find great peace.